Street Talks podcasts acknowledge the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters on which this podcast is produced. We recognise their continuing connection to the land and waters and thank them for protecting this coastline and its ecosystems since time immemorial. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to an episode of Tree Talks podcast, the podcast that branches out into the world of trees one episode at a time. I'm your host, Mona Brookoff. Hope you enjoy. Can we start with who we're talking to yes. and a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and what you did as a kid? Okay, so my name is Libby Byrne um, and I guess you could say that I'm an artist. <laughs> I make art and I live um, on a block of land in um, amongst trees, in gum trees. I didn't always live here. I grew up um, in Geelong, which is a regional okay. town in Victoria, um, in a very sort of suburban area. There weren't many big trees there. There were lots of shrubs and um, you know, azaleas and things like that, <laughs> just sort of a European-style gardening there. But what I did do um, a, a lot as a kid was go camping, and I did that by, because I joined the Girl Guides. And oh, cool. we used to go camping a lot in the bush. And I also went to a high school that had its own camp, which they owned. It was a public high school, but they owned a camp in the Otways, and it was an old schoolhouse that they bought in the middle of the Otways rainforest. Like, and they still own it, I think. And every year for a school camp, we would go down there. We never went anywhere else. We went there every year. But every year they had different activities, you know, for year seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever. And I loved that place. And I really looked forward to being in the older years because I knew, you know, they had high ropes courses and different things that they let us do. Yeah. So this is back in the 70s um, and, yeah, going down there was a real highlight of the school year as a, um, and being amongst the forest down there. Yeah, and camping, as I said, we used to do that a lot in the Otways areas too, down near Anglesey, those sort of places. So sort of being near the ocean and the forest on the Great Ocean Road was a real privilege and a pleasure growing up. Yeah, I love that. Did your family also do those or was that mainly a school it was It was mainly school that we camped. Mum and Dad, we used to go away on holidays a lot. My dad was a trade instructor, which meant that he taught uh, motor mechanics um, and he got school holidays and we used to go away a lot. But it was, he was also, he'd grown up on a farm and he used to always take us to farms for holidays. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we used to go, there was a thing called farm stay that was just beginning in the 70s and the farmers had worked out that they could rent out the old homestead that no one lived in and was run down. And um, people like my dad would love to come and have a holiday there with his family. So <laughs> we stayed in these really, really bizarrely old places. And um, dad used to tell us about, you know, growing up on the farm. So I guess we spent a lot of time in that rural sort of environment as a family on holidays. So, mm, mm. And then 
um, growing up then throughout your years, is that something you brought into like holidays or um, spending Absolutely. time? Absolutely. When I met my husband, I was still a teenager. I was uh, 18 when I met him and he was 24. And we met down at Wye River, which is on the Great Ocean Road and a place where the, the bush meets the sea. And I was working there and he was holidaying there and we've been together ever since. And we really spent a lot of time holidaying in places like that where there's bush and sea and we camp a lot. We've got a camper trailer and we took their kids camping all their lives, largely for two reasons, because we liked it. We liked being outdoors, and but we also found it was much cheaper than any other type of holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and we liked staying away for longer in a yeah. camper than and yeah. being in the outdoors, you know. So... Um, yeah, being in the bush is and and bush walking is something we've done a lot of, like um, walking around Wilson's Promontory and places like that um, has been that was always part of our life when we were young. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a the the natural world has been really important to us. Yeah, so it's it's definitely become part of the family story that being on holidays is is not about you know, going to busy places and shopping and, you know, mm. it's more about retreating into the natural world and and relaxing mm, in that environment. Um, for those people listening outside of Australia or maybe even those who listen in Australia, was there mm. ever a fear of camping out in the wild with all the dangerous uh, wildlife? And <laughs> I wasn't afraid, <laughs> um, probably because... The background I had growing up as a girl guide, they taught us a lot about how to, what to look out for. Um, I don't think I was ever afraid. The main thing I would have been afraid of was weather rather than wildlife. Yeah, um, down in Melbourne, yes. Victoria. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, occasionally we've been camping and there's been fires around in summertime oh, and yeah. that's been, you know, we've seen smoke and fire on the horizon and thought might be a good time to go home. Um mm. There's, that's been the worst fear I've had camping. Um, I got to know you because I had in April this year gone to see one of your exhibitions. Mm, thank you. Um, yes, the recent work was in a venue called the Queen Victoria Women's Centre, which is a wonderful centre in the heart of Melbourne. And it was originally, the building was originally part of the Queen Victoria Women's Hospital. Um, and this is a very uh, historic building. The hospital's now morphed into being a different hospital in different places. But they've kept this building and created this women's centre. And my artwork was being exhibited in the main hallway there for a month this year in April. And the exhibition was called Being Among Trees. And... I started painting it in probably late 2020, I think. You know, I was definitely drawing trees in 2020 and started painting them then because Melbourne was going through what we call the lockdown of um, yeah. COVID-19. And in Melbourne, we for many months, we were not able to leave the house for more than one of for only one of four reasons which was exercise or the supermarket or the doctor or caring for another person and you also weren't allowed to go more than five kilometers from your own home and so our exercise became walking 
and from our own home within the five kilometre radius. And we're very fortunate that we live in a place where there's a lot of trees. They call, we, we live in what's known in Melbourne as the Green Wedge. There's a wedge of Melbourne that they call the Green Wedge where trees have been and parks have been prioritised. Okay. Um, and we're re in, in lockdown, we realised how lucky we were to be in this place. So within five kilometres from us, there's a creek that we can walk along and a loop we can do. Um, and we, we encounter lots of different native trees, gum trees and, and wildlife down there. And as I walked it, we, we tended to walk the same loop every day, Mona. Like it was really very repetitive. And every day <laughs> it's, oh, it's time for our walk and we do this <laughs> loop. <laughs> and I began noticing the trees in a different way because it, it was so repetitive and we weren't doing different things. It, we I found, oh, yes, there's that, there's that. And I started to pay attention to the trees in a particular way and one day I remember one of the big trees had lost a branch it had we'd had a storm we'd had a lot of water through and a big branch had fallen off and this wound this scar was huge and I thought oh my goodness it was the the color was red and orange and I, I felt it must be in pain and so from then every day I watched that wound and I realized it was changing every day the color of it was changing and it was beginning to form a different shape and it was healing and I couldn't believe how quickly it was changing you know yeah. and I started to make art about the shape of that wound actually and in in lockdown, I was making um, latch hook rugs. Um, I was using wool on my knees at night to make rugs, and I made a rug based on the shape of that wound in the in that tree. And I hadn't thought about painting trees at that point. I was painting other things. I don't even remember what really. I used to paint a lot of rocks and water and things like that, things that are not necessarily where I live. But then I realised probably through making this rug. Like I, I took months to make the rug of this wound and I thought maybe I should be focusing on painting trees given that I am among them, you know. So I started drawing the trees from that I could see from my house in a little diary and I started make, taking the diary with me and drawing the trees that were just around me and I began to realise how many there were and how lucky I was. And then toward the end of 2021, I finished work. My health was not good. And I went on long-term sick leave. And the first week I was on sick leave, my next-door neighbour said to me, you're going to hear a lot of noise. We're excavating next week. We're going to excavate our property, which uh, already had some space behind the house before a retaining wall but they needed a new retaining wall and they wanted to excavate another one metre out of the hill. And I sort of looked at them and said, what about those trees? There was a stand of three gum trees that were only a metre back from the, the wall. Mm. And they said, um, oh, an arborist has told us that tree will be fine. And I thought, I don't know any, I'm not an arborist but I don't understand why they would think that tree will be fine because it was a, a tree that was 12 or 15 metres tall at least and only a metre back from the retaining wall. So anyway, mm. the next week the retaining wall was 
taken away, the excavation happened. I was so angry to see the roots of this tree exposed, like deep roots a metre down yeah. under the soil, just hanging out midair. Mm. And it made me so sad. I I think I was feeling a lot because I was not well. And it just made me so sad to see something perfectly healthy undermined for the sake of getting one extra metre behind your house. Mm. And I thought, I don't understand why that metre is so important that the life of this tree will be sacrificed. Anyway, the tree stood there and stood there for a few weeks and within three months, of course, the tree had been taken away and two of the three trees had been lost. And I sort of eventually talked to my neighbour about it and said, you know, I've realised that we live on a hill and that means these trees are helping stabilise the soil and it also, they're also helping stabilise each other the root system underground, like the three of them really supported each other. Mm. And it felt to me as though the one tree that is left is now having to do quite a big job on its own mm. um, and hold itself up. You know, there's. I, it was the first time I've lived here for so long, but it was the first time I really realised how the network of the root systems was playing such a big role in making this a safe enough place for us to live, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I decided in my grief I needed to start painting that tree and the loss of it and and I kept painting trees because I began to realise that we had been living here and not really noticing who was living around us and that that is the trees, you know. And so at first I was thinking what's it like to be me living among trees and then I, as I painted through this exhibition, I realised I'm just a being and in the same way that they are beings and we are being here together mm. and he, they are surrounding me. And that's a real blessing because they're giving me shelter and they're giving me shade and they're giving me the joy of other wildlife that come and live in there with them. And I'm not alone on this place, you know, because of the way yeah. they surround me. And as I was painting it, I realised that my studio, the yurt in the back of the block, is literally surrounded by trees. There's, you know, trees, several trees around it, and they reach over it, offering it shade. And I felt aware that there was a presence they were holding and I was being held in this presence. You know, they were containing me because there was the root system under the ground holding the soil there for me and the tree, the, the, the leaves offering me shelter and shade. I Interestingly, the exhibition is largely about trunks. There's, and I noticed it when I hung it. There's a lot of trunks that I've painted rather than leaves or roots. But I feel like in the trunk I feel like that's the body of the tree and that's the bit mm -hmm. that I relate to as a body you know mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I love about gum trees is the way they grow tall and then when they reach out you you can often see a crease underneath the where they've reached out and it's like the creases I see in under my own arm when they reach out you know <laughs> so there's a sense in which the body of the tree is the bit that I relate to but the leaves and the roots are the things that that uh, create this whole container that that uh, I live within and among. 
So by the end of the exhibition, I was really seeing the trees in a different way mm. and realising that they each had a life that was significant to the others around it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So I was really, I approached the Queen Victoria Women's Centre to hang the exhibition there and they were very welcoming and I was able to have a conversation there uh, one night, which they hosted, and I think about 40 people came to that. It was a Saturday afternoon, actually, five uh, between three and five. And I began talking about the work and people had questions about the work and that was flowing. But the conversation really came alive when I said, does anyone here have a favourite tree in the world? Wow. Everyone wanted to tell me about their favourite tree. And all of a sudden the, the conversation became excited you know, and people had these stories about this tree that they used to visit with their grandfather and it was in the in the Fitzroy Gardens or whatever, you yeah. know, and they know that a lot of people will know that tree but it was very important to them, you know. Mm. And another woman told me about how she had been grieving um, the loss of a parent and and walking through a particular garden area and being near those trees, she said, I wouldn't be standing today if it wasn't for the trees holding me up. Like we've had these incredible moments yeah. where people thanked the trees in the way they were telling their stories. And mm. I was really interested to hear how often the stories related to another person too, you know. It wasn't just me and the tree. It was me and the tree and the person who introduced me to it or me in the tree and the person I was remembering, you know, so there was yeah. this beautiful community um, that people were able to speak about when they spoke about trees. So it's interesting to me because I've realised in hanging this exhibition that it really needs to be the beginning of some work, you know, like mm. there's a lot more mm. I can do because trees seem to matter to people. Yeah. And I think what's interesting as well is that you're putting it in the city centre, mm. completely different world that, the, that you've drawn these things. Mm. Did other people pick up on that or did you have a reflection on that as well? Uh, both, yes. I mentioned it and I think that was one of the things I really liked about putting it in there was to remember that, that trees are around here and mm. And it was interesting because that, that that reflection someone had about a tree in one of the city gardens came up out of that, I think, that, you know, there are gardens around the city and there are trees there too, so we need to mm. look at them. But, yeah, the juxtaposition of having it in the city where everything is just built environment, mm. Yeah, um, mm, that was important. How did you feel during the process of this from, like, um, yeah, lockdown through your neighbour? Mm. for doing an exhibition mm. and yeah. I feel like I'm learning for the first time some things that I probably could have known a lot earlier in my life and there's a sense um one of the things I've really learned deeply is how interdependent I am on trees and how I need the oxygen they provide me and how they take up my rubbish like they take my carbon dioxide and they turn it into oxygen and they offer it back and that I've just realized how extraordinary that is like mm. 
it, so I think I'm realizing things that I'm I might have known on a cognitive level before about trees, but I'm realizing them a lot deeper in regard to what does that mean for my existence? You know, how do how do I live in the world among trees? And it's beginning to change the way I live in the world, I think. Um, one of the things I've started doing is becoming going to uh, I went to see Bob Brown's movie about the giants earlier yep. this year and so and I back in the 80s I was uh, I protested the no dams you know with Bob Brown sort of thing I didn't go on any rivers <laughs> I just <laughs> protested in Melbourne but I remembered that protest and I thought oh now's the time to take up this fight again because he's right the fight hasn't been one and so you know I've started going to a couple of the rallies and listening to the people who are really active in the fight for native forests so it's beginning to actually become more than just seeing it's about being <laughs> you know and I think mm. one of the things for paint with as an artist I'm I'm also an art therapist and I understand that art making changes the way I am able to be in the world in mm. and often for the for the better makes it easier to be in the world or easier for me to understand how to be in the world and mm. I think in this case um, I need to take this seriously because I have brought my children up in a place where there's trees how lucky are they but they have the same risk that I have which is to just take it for granted mm. um and uh, I remember when I was I as an art therapist I was teaching for a number of years at La Trobe University in the Master of Art Therapy and there was a woman who came to study with us and she had grown up in Jordan and she was amazed by La Trobe University and the number of trees that are around us and she said we just don't have trees in Jordan like this is do you know how extraordinary this is and we kind of go yeah yeah it's really extraordinary yeah great not not in such a not like that but we I didn't understand what she was saying mm. I knew that she was saying these trees are beautiful and I could see that and she did paint trees she left me a painting of trees when she finished with us but um it's only since this exhibition that I've realised what she's meaning. Mm. And one of the parts of the exhibition, when I when I proposed it to the QV Centre, I said, I've been painting trees around here and I think I'll travel across the Nullarbor to Western Australia to see what it's like being in the place where there are no trees because the Nullarbor is known as, they call it the Nullarbor because it's a plain without trees. So maybe I don't know what it's like to be in a place with no trees. Um, we've been through central Australia, but often there are little scrubby trees through there. Yeah. So we, my husband and I set off last year and we went across the Nullarbor. And amazing. It was, oh, it was amazing. It blew our minds and it was not what we were expecting um, in terms of experience. Like, yeah. again, intellectually, you know, there are no trees. But as we're driving through this part of the world, and it says here begins an allable place with no trees, I'm sitting in the passenger seat scanning the horizon for a tree, thinking there must be a tree. Like, that's not real. There's no trees. 
and yet I couldn't see any trees. And I spent the whole time across there realising there was this deep desire in me to see a tree, even though I'd come here because it was a place where, where there were no trees. <laughs> so that was really interesting. And when we got to the other side and we stayed um, at a place which is on the border of Western Australia and we went out to, to work out where we were going to camp. The guy said, go out there and camp wherever you want. And there was a site that was surrounded by three little mallee gums and, my, and all the other sites had no trees. And my husband said, well, where do you want to camp? I said, well, where are there's the trees? Go and camp. <laughs> and we camped in this, in between, this lovely little circular space surrounded by three mallee gums. And I just felt like that was the best place in the world. It was it was really interesting. I think I got a sense of what that student had meant when she said, mm. I've grown up in a place where there are no trees, you know. Um, and I realised the trees offer me shade and shelter and a sense that life is possible, you know. I think when we were out mm. in the Calabore, I thought, how would you live out here? Like mm. how, how, do, how did people live out here? They had to, what did they do? They had to dig where was the water you know and where was yeah. the need and and I realized how significant trees are for our life and our health you know mm. did you produce any artwork on that like did you take yeah and, well, what, did. and what did you capture or what did well you several things one of the things I captured was a fantastic photo of um, our camper trailer and my husband in the distance out in the middle of nowhere which is gravel and a and a gray sky um, but the Mallee gum trees I captured and one of the paintings in the exhibition is this gum tree branch that that heads down really far down and then up again. And I was really amazed when we got to the other side of the Nullarbor in Western Australia how many Mallee, Mallee gums there were that were doing this. And they had such odd shapes. They would be growing up and then down and then up. And I asked a guy at the... Um, service station there what what's going on and he said oh when it rains a lot the tree will grow up and then when the rain isn't there and it's dry it, it full it goes back down again and then when it rains it'll come up again and he said he was very worried they'd had a lot of rain recently they're going to keep growing up and before you know it we'll be back into dry and how long does it take before it gets too heavy and they fall mm. you know yeah. so I was just amazed and it made me realize the shape of the trunk of the tree tells the story of its life you know it, and it tells you the story of our lives because it says this is when there was rain and this is when there was not and this is when you know a predator came and attacked and tore this bit of the tree down and yeah yeah you know so this I is think, the direction that the sun goes exactly. and I, I follow it yeah yeah so I was I began really looking at those um beautiful mallee gum trees and thinking this is there are so many stories in these trees, mm. you know. How how did they survive here and how grateful I was they were out there. So I think the next exhibition that I'm painting now, and I'm only just beginning it, but um, I'm writing a paper out of this, the exhibition I've just had, and I'm going to talk about the storied life of trees and how that reflects the story in our lives too, you know, that, that the, the tree holds a story 
that is about a life and what does that mean for my life how can I and maybe that's why I like that treat because it tells something of my story too you know it holds the the story that I want to hear and see again and again so you know why is it that the Mally gums mean so much to me with their the way they grow you know instead of yeah. the big tall river gum that just grows up and up and up <laughs> so yeah it was good to go to the place with no trees in order to understand the desire for trees well we just I, one of the things I realized in this exhibition was about the relationship between power and risk that we experience when we are living every day you know that we have power that we exercise and sometimes we exercise it over the natural environment but we also have the power to live with the risk in the natural environment you know and and I think that the the trees understand power and risk like they that tree that that I told you about that lost its branch I still it's still healing and you know two years later it's healing and I can see it's gradually going to heal over that wound but what I realized was how quickly the colors in that wound changed because the tree had decided okay that branch has gone I now have to adapt I need to heal that wound and do what I need to do to continue to survive mm. and I'm grieving the loss of it you know <laughs> I'm, I'm having this emotional response to it it's just doing what it needs to do to survive yeah. <laughs> I cannot think you know how how much easier it would be if all you had to do was adapt instead of mm. also grieve you know <laughs> it's <laughs> but I'm learning a little bit more about Trees will do whatever they have to do to survive. Mm. Um, where can people see your amazing artwork? Where where are you um, um, shown? Um, <laughs> well, anything? I have I have um, I don't have a gallery that stocks my work at the moment. I do regularly show in different places, but if they want to check out my work they can see my website which is www.libbyburn.com.au um, and they can be in touch with me um, through that I'd really be happy to hear from you and I'd welcome anyone who wants to come out to the studio here to see work um, if they're interested in seeing it in the real um, at any particular time they can come out here so yeah that's that's the go mm. And a question I like to ask is if the trees could talk, what do you think they would say? Or I think they would say, please listen. It's not too late. Just listen. Mm. It's been really great to talk to you, Libby. Thank you so much for your time. Mm, thank I you. really appreciate it. You had really wonderful conversations and what mm -hmm. you've gone through. Your work's amazing as well. Thank you. I uh, so highly much, encourage everyone to look at it and check you out. Terrific. Thank you, Mona. I really appreciate awesome. talking to you too. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited by the work you're doing. And I'm really pleased to be part of a podcast like this because, you know, it's really important to get different voices, isn't it, talking about trees? It's, uh, it's not just people who know about trees. It's definitely everyone who experiences trees needs to mm. start thinking about them and talking.